Are you a kingdom-minded real estate investor? Do you see real estate as an incredible vehicle to advance the flourishing of the kingdom and mission of Christ? If so, we welcome you to the Kingdom Real Estate Investors Podcast, the podcast to spotlight and share the stories of real estate investors just like you who are advancing the kingdom of God and using real estate as the vehicle. Let's get into the show. Kingdom Real Estate Investors, if you have not gone to oneconnectionaway.com, then you don't know that we have been promoting and just finished a live 90-minute webinar where I shared the exact strategies and secrets that have helped me go from college pastor to full-time real estate investor and purchase more than $100 million of multifamily real estate. But not only me, I also shared the secrets and strategies of those inside of our Kingdom REI Mastermind that have helped them become CEOs to attain financial freedom, to actually leverage a business for kingdom advancement. We've gotten incredible, incredible reviews, and so we're going to do an encore coming up very soon that I want to invite you to attend. If you have not already attended this, go to oneconnectionaway.com. That's oneconnectionaway.com to grab your seat for our next live webinar so that you can learn exactly what we have to quit your job and begin to live life on your own terms through commercial real estate. oneconnectionaway.com. Let's get into the episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Kingdom Real Estate Investors Podcast. Fabulous day with two of my favorite people on the show today. My man Cameron, co-host. What's up, dude? Hey, brother. Trying to survive another uh, ice snow apocalypse down here in Dallas today. It's a little crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I can I tell y'all about a 7.9 if we need to bring that part of my story in. <laughs> you have? Who's yeah. this guy? Who's yeah. this guy inter- interrupting our intro? Scott <laughs> Stevens, guys, is on the podcast show today. I am so pumped to have this uh, this brother. Uh, Scott, I've got to know through our mastermind and one of my favorite people out of Nashville, Tennessee, Pro Legacy Capital. And uh, honestly, he can tell a little bit more about this, but I'm excited to hear his story Dude has done one of the biggest development deals I've seen go down. He's barely 35. How old are you? I feel like I'm 30, but I'm really 38. So 38? That's good. That's good. You think I'm younger than I am. <laughs> he is, he's, he's got a young soul. So guys, we've got a great show today. I'm so, so, you're going to really love this. If you're trying to go bigger, you have big dreams and visions for what you want to do in this real estate game and how you want to impact others. I love everything about Scott's story. And so, Scott, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, brother. Thanks for having me. Give our audience just kind of a brief intro, man, on where you're at, a little bit about about, uh, your company. Yeah, Pro Legacy Capital. We uh, we exist to help athletes, entertainers, and entrepreneurs uh, get into real estate investing. And uh, we do income-producing commercial properties, apartments, and uh, ground-up development, primarily in the southeast. Hey, let's talk about niche real quick. Why why'd you yeah. choose entertainers, athletes, those folks? Because I don't like working with lawyers and doctors. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think I think that was the beginning of of everything that God's done in my life in real estate with listening. And I was actually at a Tony Robbins conference. And, and I treat any conference like that as an opportunity to sit down and hear from God. You know, whether I'm jumping around with Tony or sitting down with you guys at the beach for Kingdom REI, what is God saying to me? If I can hear one thing 
and apply it to my life, it's probably going to take me higher. Right. Mm. And so I was flipping houses, which I hate. And I was like, I need to get it into bigger deals. And so I, I knew, you know, you got to have money. And so I just started asking God, who are my people? Cause everything starts with people. We all think it starts with a deal and, and deals are key, but people is where it starts. And so I was just praying and I felt like this inner voice say athletes, entertainers, and entrepreneurs. And I wrote it down and I just said, all right, God, you're going to have to introduce me because I'm not an athlete. I have an entrepreneurial spirit. I'm not an entertainer. Bring these people to me and I will steward them. I will guide them. I will love them and help build their wealth. Just going back to that story, it was probably less than a year later. I had a uh, Airbnb property management company and we called the Titans and said, hey, do you guys have any short-term housing needs? So we met with one of their employees, sat down within five minutes. He goes, Hey, y'all are real estate investors, right? And we're like, yeah. He's like a couple of the guys on the team were just asking me yesterday. If I knew anybody, I'll connect you. So just boom. So we met with two of the highest paid players on the team at that time um, within a month or two after that, and just said, Hey, here's the vision. You know, we're full-time real estate investors. You're full-time athletes. How can we help you grow your wealth and grow your legacy? and get into commercial real estate. And most guys, when we meet them say, Hey, I just want to like flip a house. Like their wives are watching HDTV <laughs> and, and they're just like, I'm going to flip a house. And so we have to, we have to kind of uh, guide them. And sometimes it takes a while because they're inherently uncertain, indecisive. They don't know what they want. You got to teach them, educate them, guide them. So six months later, we found this office building, the one I'm in right now, and it was a wild deal because um, my buddy had it under contract. There wasn't enough parking. He said, hey, it closes in a month. We're going to sign it or let it go. If we let it go, the guy's just going to hold it because he realized it's he was selling it at too good of a price. So it was a Monday. I text those two guys. The only day they have off is Tuesday. I said, hey, can you meet at this uh, office tomorrow? They show up. We pitch them the deal very broadly. Hey, here's the numbers. What do you think? We've looked at so many deals up to that point that they were just like, uh, and, and in 30 seconds, they're both like, yeah, let's do it. This is a commercial deal. Normally you have 90 days due diligence. You know, you're going to close a month or two later. You, hey, we got three weeks. You guys, you guys in? Yes. And so that was the foundation for everything we've done moving forward. And the amazing thing, I love how God sets the stage. When he gives you a vision, he will confirm it and bring the right people and, and the right deals. And this building was actually used for 80 years to create communion bread for churches in the Southeast. Wow. It doesn't get more godly than that, right? We, we got the communion bread building as our first you know, deal with the athletes. Moving forward from that, we needed money to close on our side. And so I called an entrepreneur I knew to get some hard money. And he put up the hard money. Mm. So I got two of the three. Guess who my first tenant was? Because we rent the upstairs single tenant office building. My first tenant was a girl, a well-known entertainer that was starting a business and wanted this building because she drove by it every day for years. Wow. So in one deal, I got a, a partner with athletes, I borrowed from entrepreneurs, and I, I leased it out to an entertainer. Pretty amazing. 
Yeah, well, I love the niche, man. And I think, you know, for folks who are trying to kind of figure out how to get, you know, how to break in or how to really start raising capital. I mean, I think a, like when you dial in a niche like that, you know, it's why Kingdom REI, I think, has been so powerful because we serve, we don't serve all entrepreneurs. We serve faith-based real estate entrepreneurs. And, and when you have a niche like that, you really can speak directly to the pain and issues that they have and how you can help overcome them. And so I, I just think that's okay. I'm glad you spoke to that. Do you feel like that's been the case where even though maybe you weren't, and I, I'm sure so you probably weren't an athlete, but you know, you weren't a pro entertainer, but like you've really kind of been able to figure out their core issues and how you help solve them. Like you've really gotten good at, you know them well, like you feel like you can really serve them better than anybody else. You know, they're, they're real people, but, but they have different pain points. They have different goals. I'm not going for, you know, your average uh, Roth, you know, 401k retiree. I'm not going for your doctor's lawyers. I know who I'm going for. And, and it took a while, but as I've met with them and helped them and partnered with them, I'm speaking their language. I know where they're starting. I know where we need to take them. And I know the steps to get there. And that's the key is like, you got to focus on who are my people. And then you, you know, I'm, I'm sitting at their house, you know, their mega houses and I'm speaking to their wives and looking at their kids and saying, man, how, I know exactly what you're feeling, even though I probably have a few million less in the bank than you do. Um, yeah. I just I, think like know, that's the key guys to making yeah. great offers. And I, and I think, I hope you're learning something from don't from Scott. Don't be scared to have a niche because you know this is how you make great offers. When you know what people need and you know how to help them overcome that, I'm telling you, that's so key. So I, I just I love the niche. I just kind of wanted to start there. I know that's not really what we want to talk about today, but I think it's important to note. And I do think um, great entrepreneurs make great offers, and the the and and not great great entrepreneurs are, are great servants too. And the better you know how to help overcome someone's issues and really speak directly to their pain and really have solutions to help overcome those things uh, even better. And don't get me wrong, real estate, real estate, anyone can invest in real estate. Honestly, if you're not an athlete entrepreneur, you can probably still invest with Scott, but your messaging is probably what's very different, right? And that's that's really significant. 100%, look at the pandemic, right? Everybody had pain points during the pandemic, but I know if you're an entertainer, the majority of your income comes from touring right if you're if you're not doing shows then your income dramatic it falls off and so my pitch has been with those guys hey we don't know when another pandemic is going to hit when you're not going to tour for two years but imagine if you had enough real estate income where it didn't even matter like a lot of these guys had to fire all of their crews their let their bands go i mean imagine if you didn't have to worry about doing that all right. I want to know how you did this multi, multi-million dollar complex ground up development with, frankly, let's just be honest, <laughs> no experience doing it. Uh, absolutely not no money. And uh, it's pretty fascinating. And this is why I love this business. This is why I totally um, 
I mean, I'm all in on the power of connections and relationships. Our whole company's been around this idea of one connection away. And so this is what I want to talk about. But dude, before I do that, can I just pray for us? Uh, and let's get in. Father in heaven, thank you for today. Thank you for Scott. Thank you for Cameron. I know how powerful this episode is going to be for those who are listening, that there are limiting beliefs that are really keeping people back from living out the purpose-driven life they were called to live because of the limiting beliefs that uh, we've just been honestly taught to have. And so I just pray that our minds, our visions will be expanded, God, for what can be done in a lifetime in the way that you want to participate with us uh, in this endeavor as entrepreneurs, as value creators, as real estate entrepreneurs. I pray that in Christ's name. Amen. 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 So where do we start? Can we, before we back, like legitimately give us the high level of this deal? Yeah. I mean, if I was going to title this thing, it'd be, how do you go from no ground up experience to doing a $200 million development one mile from downtown Nashville? Right. I've never me, really heard this. Let me story. get my notepad out. Wait a sec. <laughs> I'm ready to learn, Scott. Uh, Liar! You didn't do this. When you know nothing, uh, what do you do, right? And and one of the themes I've been uh, processing through, and it starts with resistance, because I had to, I had to let go of a few things to move forward into the big things that God had for me, right? So go back to. 2020 uh, pandemic crushing us. My son is in the hospital waiting for a heart transplant. I've got seven, you know, houses. I was still flipping houses while doing uh, apartment stuff. And I'm making money apartments. I'm not doing any development. I'm losing money on all these flips. And my son's in the hospital, COVID's hit. And I just had a moment where I was like, the resistance in my life are these like flips that are making like 20, 30 grand or losing me money. And it's not where I, I want to go. It's not even serving and helping the people I want to partner with. So how do I get to the other side? And, and when you, when you face resistance, a lot of times you just continue in this rhythm and you have to recognize the resistance first. So for me, the resistance was I'm not using my gifts. And I'm doing stuff that just because I've seen other people do it in Nashville or other mentors, right? And so I just told my wife, hey, I'm going to focus on doing two apartment deals and one development this year. And so that means I'm just going to quit touching anything residential real estate-wise. I'm going to let it all go. So for two or three months, no deals. My son got a heart transplant. That was great. COVID's put everything in a pause. And so I just said, all right, now it's time to go. And the, going back to like who you partner with, the people are key. And I thought about this question, who have I made the most money with? And what have I done to do that, right? And one of my buddies came to mind, Andrew. And so I called him, I was like, man, every time we work together, we make lots of money. Why aren't we working together more? And, and how have we made money? Well, we've gone after raw land, a time in the past, we'd flip it. Maybe we should think about developing it. So completely pivoted to my focus was one thing. And it, it, that's scary because instead of having a full calendar and a busy schedule, all of a sudden I have nothing. And, but I had one thing, which was focus. And I had another thing, which was the right partner. If you don't have focus, and you're not using your gifts, and you're not partnering with the right people, you're probably not going to um, find a $200 million deal 
right outside downtown Nashville. So called Andrew. I said, hey, let's start hustling and finding finding a deal. And we thought back to some land we had flipped uh, five years ago, ironically. And I was like, this thing is prime. Nobody's touching it. Let's see what they if they sell it to us again. Because we bought this land, sold to these guys. They sat on it. We called them back. So they, they threw out a number. They said, yeah, we'll sell it to you for around $10 million. I have no idea what the land is worth, but my gut is this is 20 acres for $10 million. I'm pretty sure it's worth more than that. How many Let's deals did you have to look at down. to find this land? Was it just kind of come out of there or did it take you a while to find this? I mean, honestly, once I was focused, yeah. it was the first thing I thought about because yeah. I was like, what? And that's what's wild. It was there sitting yeah. there for five years. Yeah, um, Guys, this is so key. I was just ago. talking about this to our mastermind yesterday. Listen to this. I want everybody to make sure you hear this really clear. Busyness in the disguise of productivity is the ultimate killer of success. Let me say that again. Busyness in the disguise of productivity is the ultimate killer of success. And what I mean is exactly what Scott is saying. We feel as entrepreneurs much better about ourselves when our calendar is full and it is often the times because we're so busy and our calendar is so full, we are doing the thing that actually makes us the most money, which is thinking, which is creating offers, which is that creation mode of what actually drives a business forward. And it's, like, it's so funny you say that of just like, yeah, actually, it's just the first thing that I thought about and it was there all along. You just never had time to really think. And I just so relate to that right now where I'm currently at in business. I go through like these quarterly resets where I get busy and I stop focusing on the main drivers that really move our business forward. And then I have like this, oh crap moment of like, I got to restart all over again. You know, like literally half is like over the last, this has happened multiple times. I'm literally in that time again, where I'm just, I'm back up. I'm focused on, you know, value drivers in our business and I mean, it's just so true, man. So it's such a good point to stop and, and repeat. Well, and, and going back to resistance, a lot of the resistance is stuff that you actually create. It's not, it's not people coming against you. Maybe it is spiritual sometimes, but a lot of it is just your busyness. You know, the big thing I've been thinking about, Ellis, is we're called to be people of rest. And, and, and like the rest that we're called to is not inactivity. The rest we're called to is spirit-led activity. We are called to be people of rest. We're not called to inactivity. We're called to spirit-led activity. And so until I got to this place of rest where I was letting the spirit focus me and give me confidence to take action, I was just wasting a bunch of time. And man, my calendar was so full, so full. It's a lot less full now, and I'm making a lot more money. And I think that's the kingdom. There's a better way that Jesus has for us as believers. And if we get trapped in this, this culture of achievement, uh, then we just fill our calendars. When in reality, God's like, I can show you a better way to make more money in less time. I can show you a better way to be a father and a husband and still make more money. That's a liberating truth. When you talk about limiting belief, most American achievers or drivers or entrepreneurs or real estate investors have a limiting belief that I have to work, I have to put more hours in, I have to work harder to make more money. And that's, there's nowhere in the Bible where God says that. He says, I've given you these talents, I want you to steward them, but it never says, fill your calendar, work, 
go from working 50 hours to 100. It's not in there. So, and that's the other thing. Ellis is like, what are our gifts? He says, use your gifts. He doesn't say fill your calendar. My gifts are finding deals and raising money and, and putting a vision out there and putting the team behind it. If I'm trying to, you know, be a project manager, that's not my gift. I'm wasting my time. With that in mind, uh, you know, another limiting belief was um, I need to know everything before I can move forward. And what God says to all of us is we are people of action. When you listen to the spirit, I will tell you what you need to know when you need to know it. I will bring the people you need when you need them. But there's an element of, a, of it's called faith. I was reading the other day. It's the only thing that God rewards. So I just simplified and I was like, I'm going to use my gift. I'm going to step out in faith. I'm going to make an offer. I'm going to put this thing under control. So I had a $10 million property. I didn't have $10 million in the bank to pay for it. I didn't know what to put on it. I didn't even know uh, who to partner with, but I just thought the first step in real estate, uh, the, best, the best real estate investors understand you have to lock it up. You have to control the property. So that's what we did. The other thing I did that was a, a big uh, breakthrough was I simplified the process. So I was like, I know there's a bunch of steps to take this from nothing to $200 million development, but I don't need to figure all of them out. What are my next steps? And so I, I started meeting with the best and the best in Nashville. I was like, if I'm going to do a massive development, I'm going to need the best partners in town, the best architects, civil engineers. And I started meeting with them. So I'm meeting with the top architect in, in town. I said, hey, we've got this land under contract. We have no idea what to do. We'll sell it. We really want to develop it. Do you know any, any buyers while we work on what we're going to do with it? And he goes, hey, talk to your neighbor. We know this guy that owns 30 acres north of you. He might be a buyer. I called the guy. He goes, I'm not a buyer, but you should meet my fraternity brother who runs a private equity firm out of New York. They're looking to do urban development and they want to get into Nashville. So that one call led to the next call. These big money guys, and that was another thing. I was listening to the spirit and God gave me this vision. We're in Nashville. There's, it's one of the hottest markets in town. So everybody in New York or Chicago or LA or Miami, they are all flooding Nashville. But the one thing they don't have predominantly is a trusted local partner. And so I just said, you know what? We needed to be the bridge to all this outside money. Like I grew up in Nashville. I know this, this place, um, like the back of my hand. I need to find the right partner who's got the money who wants to be here because I've got the dirt and I've got the experience, the knowledge of what, you know, the people we need to put it together. And that's the thing is like when you're doing development, um, you're not bringing in, you know, sometimes you are, but you're not really, you need to bring in your local, you know, engineers and architects. When you're working with local municipalities, the city of Nashville, you're going to get a lot more momentum when you have local partners. The money can come from anywhere, but really your architects and your engineers, and they need to be people with as deep roots as you have to get things moving with the city, right? So I called that guy in New York and I, I just straight up tell him, I was like, hey man, I don't trust most New York guys coming to town. We need to build a relationship. I want to hear about your vision. I'll tell you mine. It took about three months of back and forth, but, and, and he's not a, they're not Christian. Um, a lot of people would say, oh man, you're not working with Christians, but there's, you know, you trust your peace and there's people of peace 
who aren't believers. The guys I borrow money from aren't Christians yet. They will be one day, right? But they're people of peace that we have the same perspective on things. We created a partnership. I remember we were 30 days into 60 days of due diligence. And I, I went to the Kingdom REI group mastermind we had in San Diego. And I was like, Ellis is like, what are you guys praying for? And I'm like, I need $10 million. <laughs> and I need to figure out what's the best thing to do with 20 acres of land a mile from downtown. That, that's a big ask when you have a time clock against you. But I'm like, it's going to happen. And it did, right? So we line these guys up. And then we go into the next step of, all right, how do you take 20 acres and figure out the best, maximize the use for us? Go ahead, Dale. Well, real quick, I just want to ask, like, did you not have to, there was no hard money, like, how did you go back to locking the deal up? Oh, yeah. Was there no, I mean, it took you three months, like, bridge that gap for me in terms of how you were able to stall long enough without having to put up money to lock this deal down, even in, even though it's raw land, you're still in Nashville. How did you do that? I mean, most, most of the time, you got to put one to 2% down on your contracts, right? I think we negotiated like 50 grand down, not, you know, uh, refundable. And then we had hurdles. The biggest hurdle initially was uh, they wanted to make sure we could close. So we had to have, you know, proof of funds. And normally you can go to the banks and get that. I'd never gotten proof of funds for a $10 million, you know, takedown. We go to our banker. He's like, hey, normally I could give this to you, but we're merging with another bank. And it's just, it's a piece of paper. I just need a piece of paper. And he, he couldn't give it to me. Um, that's when I went to like, all right, where am I going to get proof of funds to, to show that we can close? I talked to some people in the group. Actually, you know, Kingdom Maria helped a lot because I had a backstop. I had a guy that was like, I'll give you the proof of funds letter. Ironically, the day he told me that, the next day the banker called, he was like, hey, not a problem. I can get you that letter. Here's a letter showing proof of funds for $10 million. Our money was going to go hard. We, we had, that was the first deadline was we needed proof of funds. And we had like a week before it was due. And that, that came in right on time. So we put up, some money of our own, but it was all refundable. And that's the thing about most of the contracts you're going to write. I mean, if you're smart, you're going to have enough due diligence where, yeah, you may have to put up more money than you're used to, but as long as it's refundable, that's risk-free in my mind. I'm not risking 50 grand. It's just, I'm putting it out there. You know, proof of funds is not as big of a deal as I thought it was, especially once you develop relationships with bankers like we have. And this deal allows us next time, you know, I could probably get proof of funds for like 50 million, which sounds crazy, but it's just a piece of paper. There's a lot of checks, uh, boxes that have to be checked before they just give that to you. So um, we proved that we could close. We, um, then we went to a, this partner and, and they're a big, I mean, they're $3 billion a year. Uh, they're 3 billion in assets under management they're doing huge developments across the country so the team that they have was stellar and we said um and to back up we did have some vision for the property we had paid a group to mock up something but looking back it's nothing compared to where we're at but it gave us a vision to take to potential partners and say here's what we think low-hanging fruit we could do what it's become is 200 townhomes 300 unit apartment along with retail and some mixed use. 
Scott, when you're just listening to your story, man, I know most of it, but as you're talking, this quote comes to mind. I don't know exactly who said it, but I'm pretty sure it's Warren Buffett. And he said, the difference between the wealthy and the rich are the wealthy say no. Mm. And, you know, I'm thinking as you're getting this deal under contract, trying to execute it, trying to find the people to put in place. I don't know if you could say with confidence, you, you'd be here today. If at the same time you were just as open to any new flip deals or any things that were very transactional and going and spending your time there as well, like, those are good things. You made money from them, but there came a point when you just had to say, no, like I, that's not on my desk anymore. And it may make money, but I'm saying no to it. So I can say yes to a few things. And dude, it seems like it's just been going awesome for you. I'm so happy for you, man. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, a, a good question for people to consider is uh, what are the things they're saying you're saying yes to that are actually creating resistance? to um, your goals or your, the lifestyle you want to live. And usually there's a pullback and sometimes a dip. Maybe that's financially for me. I wasn't making money for six months, just going after my future essentially. But if you pull back from here, but then go to, you know, to the moon, like who cares? Um, I can figure out how to get by for three months, six months, you know? So ultimately, ultimately, these guys said, "Hey, okay, so like, how did you? So what happened, dude? Like, and I like, and then I want to know how much money you made. <laughs> like, I want the real number because uh, you've thrown out a couple numbers, but I, I, I've never really heard how much you actually put in your pocket. So walk me through this: how this finally ended up with money in your pocket. We we told them our goals, which were we want to make money on the front end. Okay, we want to make money throughout the process." And we want some assets long term that will um, give us cash flow. No big deal. I just kind of want it all, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> and and you, yeah, I mean, I didn't get it all, but I got, I did get those three goals met, you know, in, in certain ways. So I think we had a six month close. Um, my buddy called me two months before the close, and we had, we had negotiated and agreed to the deal. And also knowing what their goals were, like it worked because their goal was like, we need a, massive apartment that we can keep long-term. And so we said, all right, we can put that on there. He said, I've got good news and bad news. The appraisal came back. He goes, bad news. We could have done this deal ourselves with no cash in. Good news is the as is value for the land appraised for $14 million. So, I mean, that's how hot Nashville is. And it's also speaks to buying prime real estate in prime markets. Inflation's not bad if you have assets, right? So we went from a $10 million contract to the appraisal coming in $4 million above that before we closed. We negotiated, um, we're, we made you know, a couple million on just on the acquisition fee when we closed. That, that's a thank you fee. And, and when you have a $10 million deal that appraises for 14 as is with nothing on it, there's obviously there's $2 million to pay an acquisition fee because you're still leaving $2 million of upside just from the get-go, right? So one of my mentors always said, you make money when you buy it. And that's a good example of that, right? We negotiated a great deal. We put it under contract at the perfect time. I mean, if we went, if we looked at it now, which is like a year later, it's probably worth 
to be honest, 20. So you stopped doing 20K flips, you made a million bucks? Yeah. Did, yeah. I, did I hear that right? From the moment, literally <laughs> probably from the moment I said, I'm not going to do 20K flips, within one year to that date, I, I, I had a check for a million bucks. That's not bad. That is sick. And one of the strategies that we've looked at, because in Nashville or, you know, Phoenix or Dallas, these hot markets, it's tough to find value at apartments. So we're buying those still. They're just in like tertiary markets, which Nashville used to be a tertiary market, you know? So in, in these prime areas, the only way to make money is ground up development. And that was a big shift too. Of like most real estate investors, like I'm only going to do this one thing. There's, there's sometimes it's focus, but a lot of times it's fear. And so we just had to recognize like, man, if we're going to make money in Nashville, in our backyard, it's got to be ground up development. So then you start thinking like, how do you maximize a deal? For us, one of the go-to ways we do that is we'll parcel out some land like this deal. We parceled out 14 acres for townhomes, which we could sell. And that's instant, instant money once we get grading permits. And then that gives our private equity group the remaining six to do the 300 unit apartment deal, right? Ellis, you want to talk about money. So like the other thing, they're paying us, uh, you know, a fee, like let's say 20 grand a month to be like on the ground, co-developers, you know, that's a two-year fee we negotiated. That's not a ton, but it's nice. If I got to go to the property, if I've got to meet with the engineers, there's always somebody here. And that's what you're getting paid for, right? Making sure things in Nashville are taken care of. And then on the back end, our upside is uh, we didn't get the apartment juice, which I would have preferred, but the way Nashville's going, this is going to work out fine. We got 12 of the most prime lots in that 200 unit development. So these things are going to be worth as much. They'll probably be worth $15 million once we build them. These things are going to look overlook downtown, have a one acre park with a pool like it's going to be beautiful right so that's basically like a mini apartment we'll keep those forever Amazing. rent them out dude i just love the story man i think it has so much to do with kind of all that you know we talk about of um yeah i mean we talked about having focus having room to create also just connections i mean guys it's just so clear like this business has so little to do with your experience and everything to do with your relationships and your kahunas <laughs> like you know you gotta like be able to put some stuff on the table and be like and i just say this like the best bser can win i mean it, and it sometimes can be true like you know who the heck were you guys to put this deal together you weren't but you had great connections you had the you know what to to really put some money up and say we're gonna figure out how to get this done and you were rewarded for it and uh you know it's like well done, man. I mean, yeah, it's pretty you. awesome. Well, and like how many, how many deals do, do people find where they second guess it before they've even like thought through, you know, hey, maybe we should just lock it down. Like if there's a gut there and you've got the right way to structure the deal, just lock it down. You can always get that back. And a lot of people are afraid to make that first step, you know? And they but I also analyze too, man. It's just like, you know, most people are trying to do this on an island. It's why, like, I'm so mm. keen on, you know, you need the network. Like, people ask me, what's my best real estate investing advice? What do I wish I know when I was 19? Go build a network before you need it. Because when you need the network, dude, it's too late. Like, if you, if you yeah. were, oh, I got this great piece of land, you have nobody to call. 
you know, like, you know, again, you needed someone to show that you had proof of funds. Okay, well, you had the bank relationship. You also had someone in the mastermind to back you up. You know, most people are trying to do this with no backstop, with no network to lean on. And I'm like, well, it, right. Hey. And I, like, I knew I developed relationships with the best architects in town, right? We, we were friends. Uh, same thing with the civil engineers. Like, I was ready to do my biggest deal. I had the team ready to go. So once the land came, it was just plug and play. And then the last component was just like the money, which we talk about all the time. If the money, if the deal is there, the money, you know, then it's just like, which money do I want to take? The confidence definitely came from hearing, listening to God, but it also came from, you know, the relationships we built in the group. You know, I could call Ellis if I needed to, if I was afraid about what I was doing and he, he'd tell me, you got this, you know, like the whole group, that's the value of it. Yeah. Because there's guys doing much yeah, bigger we, deals. You got this me. because we have the relationships, right? It's yeah, not like we can like, figure oh, that. It's like, yeah, we have we have folks to help this. Amazing, man. Seriously, what's next, dude? What, what's 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 2022 look like? I mean, you're you're only as good as your last success, right? So I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so what? I mean, I'm just curious, man. Just from uh, like, what's what are we working on? Listen to some John Wooden books, and he talks about you got to set. He likes to set goals that are achievable, right? And so and and simple ones. So this year it's simple. It's it's one, two, and five, we want to do one, you know, lock up our next big development. And frankly, that could be, if I just do that, I'm good. Right. But I've got, I want to serve my people. And I don't, uh, I think a lot of my athletes need long-term uh, income, right. To offset their, their playing day. So we're going to, we're going to buy two big apartments uh, and we're going to serve five athletes, just five. I don't need a ton. Right. But if I build relationships with five new guys this year, this year we'll crush it. We'll crush it. Love that. That's clear. That's simple. Uh, let's go buy some apartments. Um, man, what do you, it, what is, what's not, what, what are kind of some big prayers for you and your family this year? I mean, is it, is that in line with those one, two, and five? I mean, those are pretty big goals. But anything on top yeah. of that? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, we're going to launch a podcast. I'll be happy to link that, you know, when we launch in a, in a few months, we're going to be interviewing athletes about their life after sports and the investments that they make. I think it's interesting to see these guys have access to deals that, you know, none of us do and, and hearing how they grow their money and the, or the ways they blow it. That's going to be big. Just, you know, there's, there's a book called the way of blessing. I'm a big fan of when you start declaring and blessing your family and your business, uh, it opens up. I don't get it yet, but you know, one of the guys in the mastermind was telling us how he met the richest guy he met a few years ago. And he asked, what was the key to your success? And the guy said, every day I'd wake up and I'd have my wife pray blessing over my business. And he was like, that's it. And he's like, yeah, that's it. So, you know, when you start blessing and letting God uh, gas up the engine, something happens, right? Cameron, what else you got for Scott before we get out of here today? I loved hearing it all, brother. And I love your heart. And you're one of the greatest guys I know. And I love calling you friend. And I'm stoked for all your success. And um, I'm just inspired, honestly. Don't even know what else to probe you on. I'm trying to just – I'm challenged. I'm like, man, I'm so soft. Like, <laughs> like Scott is outdoing me tenfold. I got to get yeah, some but, but here, here's the takeaway for everybody, right? We talk about Greg Brenneman's book um, right now and all at once, you know, and he talks about blue chips and the idea is 
you know, the white chips and poker are worth a dollar, the blue chips are 25. And if we just get down to like, what are our blue chips in life? Uh, in business, we're talking about real estate investing specifically. You know, if I've only got two blue chips and you've got 10 white chips, we're going to go further and farther because I'm, I'm getting down to like, what are my blue chips? And, and the hard part is there's a lot less chips in front of me, but the ironic part is they're worth a lot more. So that's how, that's how it works, man. That's the focus. What are your blue chips this year? Yeah, guys, uh, I just, you know, we're all three here. If you're listening to this, you're like, man, I need to get around more people like this. Listen, this is why King Mario exists, by the way. We now have opportunity for no matter where you're at in your real estate journey, if you're a freaking real estate boss like Scott, or you're just trying to figure out this game and you want to go bigger, we got a place for you inside of our community. Reach out to us. Go to thekingdomrei.com. Email me at ellis at thekingdomrei.com. If you're hungry enough, you'll figure out how to get in touch with us, is my point. Because we're doing big deals. I mean, like I'm saying, we have the community, guys. Like, we would like for you to be a part of it. But if you don't have that, you, you need this. You, you need a community like this. And so we, we've built that. So if interested to get in touch with us, Scott, this has been awesome, man. ProLegacyCapital.com. Where else can folks go to find you? ProLegacyCapital.com. Where else? Hit me up on LinkedIn for now. Those are the best two ways. Email me, Scott, at ProLegacyCapital.com or look me up on LinkedIn. And I uh, would love to connect and help anybody move forward, dream bigger, and get big deals done. Guys, if you enjoyed this like I did, please go share this on social media. Uh, screenshot this. Let folks know this episode. <laughs> and this is going to unlock some things right here, man. I can't wait to re-listen to this, honestly. We'll see you next week. Cameron, we good? We're good. Hey, Scott, real quick. Who was that celebrity in your in your first place? Any name dropping? No, I mean, just local dudes. That, oh, Believe well, the celeb Paramore. It's the girl from Paramore. Oh. Dang, bro. Haley. I take yeah, my back to, like high, to middle school. Yeah, you need to dye your hair. Good dye young. You know, oh, that'll yeah. give you a nice purple you've always wanted. Yeah, I've always I don't wanted know that. Paramore is, by the way. Dang, Ellis. Missing out. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Thanks for attending. Hey, real estate investors. I hope this show has given you permission to go out into the world and crush it in the name of Jesus. If you want to learn more about our community and locking arms and joining forces with other like-minded investors like yourself, go to thekingdomrei.com to learn more about our mastermind and send an application. We'll see you next week.